Hello, listeners. This is Parenting as a Joke. I'm a train that is delayed due to mechanical problems. Named Ophira Eisenberg. On the show, we bring together professional stand up comedians and funny people to talk about their career, what they are up to, and also what it is like to do that while parenting. That's right. How the fuck are they doing it? Every day, right now, my kid wears this ball cap that reads to Keats Canyon that we bought, well, I bought, for way too much money at Dekeats Canyon at the gift shop. Why? Because it was blazing hot and we forgot his hat and he was crying. But now, every time I see some kids sporting a Cape Cod sweatshirt or Sebago Lake Maine t-shirt or New Hampshire sound hoodie, I think, oh, that is not a fun souvenir. That was a pricey fix. Because a child lost their jacket, or forgot their hat, or was cold, wet, mad, sad, hot, uncomfortable, or otherwise just complaining. And as a parent, we were like, okay, how do we deal with this? We went to the first place. We could just throw money at the problem to fix it. And now you make that kid wear that item every single day to get your money's worth. On today's episode, I talk to a performer that you know from sketches on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, comedian Seth Herzog, and my favorite moment was when I asked him, which parent is the disciplinarian? My mom. Uh, my mom. <laughs> you heard it right here. That you was the most perfect Freudian right slip. My here. wife, who is their mom, who occasionally is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> More with Seth Herzog right after these adorable audio ads. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hello, listeners. My husband and I are back to talking about wanting a larger place. We come back to this conversation every, I don't know, two weeks. Uh, We live in a small apartment, but I will say it does have two bathrooms, which 
changed my life when we moved in. Uh, here's how we divvy them up. There's one that is small, and that bathroom is for my son and my husband. <laughs> and then there's a big one off the bedroom that is mine. That's right. They get the small one that's off the kitchen. So this to say, when my husband showers, you can hear everything if you're sitting in any other part of the apartment. Uh, and I don't mean gross things or singing or anything. He used to listen to Howard Stern in the shower because I don't want to hear it. And I had to tell him to stop that because Howard Stern has a lot of inappropriate things for my kid to hear. So we stopped that. So now he watches his iPad in the shower. Mm-hmm. Now he's watching Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer Caesar Milan. And Caesar has been pretty much discontinued, right? Because his dog training techniques are seen as very aggressive. And it's all about being the dominant pack leader. And uh, yeah, people think that is mean and torturous. I feel like his techniques are reminiscent of a 70s parent. You know, you're like, oh, that guy spanks his kids. And it made me wonder, what are people doing now? What's the new trend? And guess what? It's happened, everybody. Gentle parenting has crossed over to animals. We are so fucked. Oh, yeah. If this is you, I am making fun of you. Biscuit? Biscuit, I see you peed on the living room rug. I can see that you are mad that I went out for 15 minutes without you. And I also know that you're sad because mommy didn't pay much attention to you this morning because she had a work call. I see that and I'm sorry. I just want you to know that you're a good dog, okay? You're a good dog, but... I can't let you do this, okay? We have to create some boundaries. It's okay to struggle with bladder control when you're angry. I understand, but I'm going to take your squeaky toy away, okay? And you know what? I just want us to get calm, so I'm going to take a deep breath right now to just calm my body. Why don't you take a deep breath, Biscuit, to calm your fur body? Let's do it, Bisky. If you start doing this shit, or you are doing this shit, I hope... Your dog understands that they can eat you. Speaking of biting love, quick pro tip for the parents. Grab your Valentine's Day cards now. The ones for your kid's class. Do not wait till February 13th when you just have to deal with whatever's left over and it's only like heart-shaped bags of fun dip because you'll be the most hated parent in the school when Sage comes home all hopped up on kid cocaine demanding more money for snacks. So throw on your AirPods or Beats and walk over to your drugstore now. Here's a great episode with comedian Seth Herzog. Joining me in studio. Yay! Which I'm so excited. He's a comedian sketch performer on NBC's The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Seth Herzog. Yay! Hello, hello. So, um, as a true parent, you arrived 10 minutes late. I'm not giving you a hard time about that right now. <laughs> but when you walked in, you said, it's am- I'm amazed I'm here at all. I'm amazed I'm here at all. <laughs> Based on the Amazed how, how, how on time I was, close emergency. to on time compared. It wasn't, it wasn't a parenting emergency as so much... Just a family drama. Yeah. So what happened? I don't know if I can talk about it. Did you have to get kids out the door? No, they were already in school. Oh, thank you. So the kids were in school. We got the kids out the door today pretty quickly. Okay. Although one of them is, even though they're in kindergarten, it's actually their third year of going to school every day. One of them never wants to go to school every day. Every day is like, I don't want to go to school. It has a sort of a new 
reasoning behind it, like always changing the reasoning. <laughs> okay, and just to set it up yeah. so everyone's on yeah. the same page. I have twins. You have twins. Twin girls. Twin girls yeah. who are five. Are you comfortable with sharing their names? My wife told me not to. I'll okay. just call them K and S. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but my she wife was like, said no. She was like, you know, there's a lot of creepy people out there who are going to collect information on you and your kids' names and stuff. And I like, love... Seek them out. I just love thinking that she thinks our reach is so big. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's so You're not many people. To laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You have a giant reach. Okay, so you have two five-year-olds two there five-year-olds. in kindergarten. They're in kindergarten. My, my son, by the way, uh, who's older than kindergarten, but he he didn't want to go to school. I don't know what her... She has a lot of anxiety about a lot of stuff anyway. She's okay. just like born with a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, to this world. Yeah. And the other one doesn't. The other one is very zen, very chill, has amazing perspective about the world outside of her from when she was born. But I will also say this. I don't know if this is one thing, anything to do with the other. She was born in the sack. Oh, The one who's very zen was born in the sack with the sack intact. Wow. Which is like... Very, fairly rare, not super rare, but fairly rare. And and I did a lot of research on it after it happened. I was like, well, what does it mean? There's like a ton of folklore about it in different cultures. Is this where the stork uh, myth comes from? Because they're <laughs> in a little sack. They're in a little sack. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, scientifically, like it doesn't affect anything or mean anything. Sure. You just cut it open. They can come out. It doesn't really matter. But in Far East cultures, it's like super like um, advantageous. Like they're like they're like very special, like um, they're very special people, like uh, a Dalai Lama type. Like that's in in East Far East cultures. Really, in Nordic cultures, yeah, it's it's so crazy. In Nordic cultures, if you have the sack that they were born in, you cannot drown. <laughs> it's true. So in Norway and Sweden and Denmark, if you're a sailor and your job is to f- go fishing, if you're a professional fisherman, they all buy these amnio sacks online to have on the boat. Are you kidding? They have them on the There's boat. A pl- you can buy them? There's a black market for sacks. And they. T- I didn't know this till after it was over and I Googled it at home. So I called the doctors like, I want my sack back. <laughs> I can I can sell this for $6,000 to a Nordic fisherman. And they're like, you can't get your sack back. And oh I was like, once gosh. it leaves, if you, they said if you had asked for it in the room, we would have given, given it to you. So then I realized how rare, I started looking it up. It's like, it's four a day in America. Four a day four in America. Four a day in America. Okay. Are born in the sack, and you feel that's how rare that the is. personality is, is indigenous com- of whatever like this thing. Well, I, I don't know what it is, but I know that her personality s is um she's just very mature for her wise. She's very wise. And what she said to me this morning, she's five years old. This morning, she goes, "Dad, you eat a lot of junk." <laughs> that's what she said to me. I was like, "You looking at my diet? You're following what I'm eating all day?" She goes, "You, you eat a lot of junk." <laughs> I was like, you're five. How do you even know what junk food is? How do you even know Wait, good difference. food to junk food? And why don't you like junk? Yeah, you should be you should be proud of me for eating eating junk. You should be like, ah. Oh. I couldn't uh, believe it. And, yeah. and what would if the other uh if the other child had a, 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 a something to say on that? I'm taking Kay? that. Yeah. Kay has a hard time. She's really smart, but she has a hard time seeing outside of herself. She's a little more self-involved as a five-year-old should yeah. be. She's very smart, but she's all about her being first and she and it's she's if she doesn't get she more than her sister yes she was first huh. if she doesn't get more than her sister it's not fair she's like I need more or else it's not fair <laughs> that's her way of thinking when I was like no but you actually did get more she goes I still not fair 
This is how she loves to control the outcome of everything. She's very smart and she has to win a game. Okay. Figures games out really fast. So they learned, <laughs> this happened two days ago. They learned rock, paper, scissors. True. At school. Oh, yeah. And they learned exactly how it works and what you're supposed to throw and what beats what. She figured this out so fast. They're watching a movie and they, didn't, they were deciding who to pick. They always, see, one likes them. Certain movies don't like other movies. The other ones don't yes. watch the other one's films. Right? Of course. So they do rock, paper, scissors to figure, figure it out. She goes, okay. She looks sister's dead in the eye. She goes, okay, okay, listen to me. Quietly, as if I couldn't hear. I'm going to throw a rock. This is what she says to her sister. Just, okay. I'm going to just listen to me. I'm going to throw a rock. And the other one's like, yes, she goes, okay, okay. The other one throws paper. <laughs> and then she throws scissors after she told you she was going to throw a rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the other one's like, ah! Right, you lied to me. Betrayal. Betrayal. So then, a second, so then they're doing best of three. She goes, no, 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 look, look at me, look at me. I'm dead serious, no joke, no joke, no joke, no joke. I'm doing scissors. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm watching this. What an asshole. Three times she fell for it in a row. Three times she fell for it. That's, but that's going to end quickly. Yeah, I was like, I, and I was telling her, I'm telling her, do not listen to her. Stop listening to her. <laughs> She's not telling you the truth. And I'm laughing so hard, too, because I can't believe this is happening, and I'm watching this. So this is, you know, just as we're talking about it, then I always get into this mode, I'm like, do I care? Do I teach a lesson? Do mm-hmm. I let it go? Do I laugh? The yeah. lesson doesn't stick anyways. So no, I, just... I try to do that lesson with them too. We're playing games, they always cheat. Both yeah, of them. Yeah. Both of them. It's usually more K than S, <laughs> but K likes to cheat because she has to win every single yeah, time. Right. And so I'd say half the time she wins fair and square and half the time she doesn't and she flips out. My lesson to her is none of your friends will want to play with you if you cheat all the that, time. We've said this to Many times. We have said this you to have kids. these new friends in kindergarten yep. and they're not going to play with you. You have to play the rules. That's right. And you have to be a gracious winner because when she wins, she gloats too. Yes, 100%. And I was like, you can't gloat. Oh, yeah. And I keep, I keep pr- making her practice Oh, what I, I have her a phrase. I say, you were a worthy ad, ad, adversary. <laughs> That's like, you having her say this. Like, that was a good game. You were yeah, a worthy good ad, game. Ad, ad, yep. adversary. She's like, okay, okay, worthy adversary. Worthy. <laughs> but she never says it. No. no. Most of these kids are really bad at losing. So I actually, I've been complaining about this for years. Mm-hmm. And then someone put me on to a company of board games that they're all cooperative. Oh. And I feel like that has been better for gameplay. Oh, I like this. There you go. That's my... One little tip. Does it help them deal with competition? No. Right. You're just doing a little left turn. Yeah. You're just, it's such a distraction. <laughs> distraction from the problem. So you're like, we're playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I talk about this all the time. Like, the one who's a little more zen, always a good rule follower. And she knows what she's supposed to do and not supposed to do. And she genuinely follows the rules and does what she's supposed to do all the, all the time. Yeah. And Kay is like a disruptor, hard-headed. You got to make it happen no matter what. And we're like, as much as she can cause problems in the house, she's going to change the world. Right. She's going to, she doesn't care. She's going to start a business. She's going to live in the Alps by herself. Like she's going to (laughs) do amazing things. And the other one is going to be like head of nursing in Iowa. You know what I'm saying? Like she's going to be like a good person. (laughs) You know what I mean? They need to go into business together. This one's dealing with all the management. Yeah. And this one's the visionary. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. That could could work if they could stand being with each other. Yeah. Some days, because it's literally minute to minute of like, I hate you. I never want to play with you again. I don't love you. The worst person in the world. And then the next second, they're like, Do you want to play dolls? Yes. This is. Potentially, what happens mm-hmm. with these tight pairs mm-hmm. is that they completely they either, love each other and they are yes, brutal. Yes, yes. I see it every day back and forth. I'll tell you what happened was really funny. 
so we they we've still convinced them of the Santa Claus myth, and yeah. they still very much believe. They're five, and S really believes. Is like very much a believer. K is being skeptical at this point. Can I just, yeah. I have to put a pause on yeah. this just for a brief yeah. second because you were raised Jewish. Yes. Yes. yes very much. And your wife Hindu. was, mar- and, but, but you're doing Santa Claus. We are. I'm not saying we're we not are. doing anything different because right. we got Santa Claus right in their tail. Yes, yes, yes. But that was well, a choice. Well, I grew up as a choice on the sense that my parents, both super Jews from the Bronx, but they gave us big Christmas things. Like okay. they made a big deal about it in our house. Every year we would do a lot of Hanukkah. We do Hanukkah every night. And then we do a big Christmas morning where we gave each other gifts and we decorate the fireplace. And then we go to our cousin's house for dinner. Okay. You know? Okay. That's so how you're, we did so it. So you're doing, and, and Very your American. wife was on board. Yeah, she's, she's, she's on board. Her mother makes a big deal about the holidays, actually. My okay. wife's mom makes a, tries, like, decorates the house in a crazy way and, like, really goes all, all, all Oh, out. yeah. And she's into too. So anyway, so we have, we do have a tree and we have ornaments and we do a whole Christmas morning thing. But we do a lot of, like, the pa- classic parenting thing of, like, you know, you're not going to get gifts. You got to do this. You got to get in the bath right now. You don't get in the bath right now. You're not going to get gifts, mm-hmm, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we now we have phones, and we do a whole thing where we're like, I'm going to call Santa. Santa and I are good, good buds, and I got him on the phone. Oh, my God. And he's constantly And he's constantly calling to see how you're doing. So Kay won't get in the bathtub or whatever it was. There was something she wasn't doing. And I'm doing an opening night performance. I'm like, let me get Santa on the phone. Hey. Santa, yeah, Seth, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, and um, on West End Avenue, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, look, here's the deal, and I start going on. I'm doing like a real, like real conversation. I'm having with someone. I'm, I go into the other room as if they can't hear it. The whole bit, right? The other one is like pleading with me, don't call him, <laughs> do not call him, stop, get off the phone, get off the phone, get off the phone, get off the phone. The other okay, one, the, the one I'm calling about is yeah. like this. Look at me side-eyed. <laughs> side-eyed the whole time. Looking like this. Like, There's no way this is real. Right? No way. She's literally looking at me side-eyed. As soon as I get off the phone, like, okay, I'll tell her. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. Everything you're saying, I'll tell her. I get off the phone. She grabs like a cookie tin. The other one goes, hi, my name's Seth. <laughs> no. I'm on the phone with Sam. <laughs> Mocks you. Mocks immediately. me. On the phone. I still think she might believe that I was on the phone. Yeah. But she still mocks the phone call. Immediately. Uh, Which I, I was shocked. I was like, I cannot believe. That's so amazing. What you're doing right I now. I love it. I love it. Now, I don't know if I'm right with this. So I'm just going to throw out a presumption yeah, 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 and yeah. you just correct me. Okay. I just imagine because you have five-year-old kids, yeah. not not dissimilar to me, right. now yes. in your life, yes. that maybe- Yes. Kids were not on your uh, plan, your life plan. Um, that's a good question. Uh, they were as an abstraction. Even as like a 20-year-old, you were like, I'd love to be a father one day? I, as a 20-year-old, I was like, one day I'll be a dad. Okay. Some point. Yeah. A couple years before kids where I remember thinking like something, I didn't know what it was, but it's like something's got to change. I feel like I'm living the same year every year. Like I had this job at the, at the Tonight Show, which is a great job. It was like same thing all the time. I went on certain vacations every year the same time every year. Okay. I saw certain friends the same time every year. And yeah. I was like, I'm living the same year every year. And it drives, it's driving me crazy. You're like, how are we changing this up? How do I change this up? And also we had kids. I'm like, oh, this is, this is very different. How long were you with your wife before we had yeah. kids? We were 10 years. Oh, what? I mean, we weren't married 10 years. Yeah, we were but together you were, for I didn't years. know that. 
I mean, we were involved for five before we got married. Okay. And then we had the kids about five, four and a half years in. And what was her perspective on being a parent? I mean, she wanted to do it immediately. Okay. Immediately, I mean, before we even got married. I mean, we started trying before we got married, a year before we got married. Oh, really? Yeah. But it didn't, nothing took till five years later. <laughs> you know. Right. Even even the reproduction system was like, let's just give it a let's second. Let's give it a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, we did have help like everybody, you know. Yeah. Here's what's even funnier. My brother has twins. Oh. My brother who lives also in Manhattan. Yeah. Has twins. And they're older. They're like a good five years old or 12, and is, six years old. Okay. And then it wasn't until after the whole thing was over that we realized we, were, we were, went to the same doctor. The same guy. That's hilarious. Gave us four Herzogs. <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. I see you, maybe unfair, mm-hmm. as like a guy who hangs out with a lot of guys. You're kind of a dude that hangs I out with dudes. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. When you, you know, are going through this path, are you thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with little girls? You don't know who they're going to be in the future, of course. I think about that all the time, what they're going to be in the future. Constantly, like... Are the phases and who they are going to change? Or is this who they're going to be? Just the kernel. Is this it? They seem to be right now from the time they were like one to now, they seem to be more of the same. Like they're the same people they always were when their personalities were first starting to form. They're just bigger. They're just more <laughs> clear. They're clearer. They've got, I'll put it said, they've gotten more into focus. Yeah. Of the right. same personality. Like they're more on into the same focus. thing. Better. And. They've gotten more into focus with each other as they play off each other. As they see how the other one's acting, they act in with them or in opposite of them. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, I think about it constantly about how to bring up women and how to bring them up and how to... And I get advice from friends all the time. Because like a lot, most of my friends have female... They've, they've daughters yeah. or, or yeah. at least uh, yeah, girls that are identifying do. as girls. Yes. What personality type are they going to be amongst the female tropes... Uh, you know, are they going to be the kids that are like studying all the time? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be kind of like study nerds? Are they going to be like, I'm going to go out at 13, sneak out and go to a club and what take, were you? do Molly? I don't know. I don't know. I was too far in it. I wasn't a sneak out at night kid. Okay. There's not much to do. We're in, like, that's the thing. It's like we're, we're in the city. We're in a little suburban town. Yeah. So like, there's not much to do anyway. Like, even if you left the house, what are you going to do? So, like, here's who who I was. Especially when I was older, junior year, senior year of high school. I was a partier who was super responsible. Uh, I was a little bit like that, too. I I got my homework done. Parties at my house. At your house? All the time. And I was super responsible to make sure there wasn't anything, zero evidence. Not a bottle cap left over. (laughs) Nothing was left over. Were your parents out of town or? Mom, dad lived in another house. Okay. And mom was away a lot. Okay. What what did your mom do that she was away? She was a therapist, but she was always like conferences and stuff. Okay. Uh, I mean, when I met you two uh, in the performance world, your mom was always at the shows. She got a job in Manhattan and she moved to Manhattan. Oh, and she always came to the shows. Because she, she she had nothing to do. And then she became part of the shows. And then she became part of the shows, yes. A huge we dragged factor. Her on, we dragged her on stage. So she had a nine to five and she bought a place on 24th Street and she was just looking for stuff to do. So she always came to the show. Did she love it? I assume she loved it. I mean, oh, yeah. she came from a very theatrical family. My mom's mom was a performer. Oh. She was a dancer. A dancer? My mom what was kind a dancer? of dancer? Like a ballet dancer? Like a gypsy dancer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hungarian gypsy dancer. Okay. <laughs> and my mom was a dancer dancer. Like, like danced like a BAM and stuff. Like, was like a real trained No dancer. way. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. so in just, you know, because people may not know this about you. When I met you, not that you didn't do stand-up, but it wasn't so much focused on that. <laughs> you were doing much more variety stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, and it was like completely sure. wacky. Dressing up as Wonder Woman. Yes. Dancing. Yeah, I would dance you a can lot dance. at the opening. Yeah, and I still get asked to do that all the time. And I do it here and there. Yeah. But like... I've noticed that, like, oh, I don't have quite the energy and the steps I did 20 years ago. I think I do in my head, but then I realize I don't. It doesn't look the same anymore. And, like, the f- the suit doesn't fill out. It's funnier. It's funnier now. Because it doesn't all, fill it's, out. It's got a lot of ridges. <laughs> but I still have the same size suit. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. It's a small. It's a small. I still fit. Like the joke is, I fit into this small. It's like, and it's, it's just fo- it's form fitting in a different way. Yeah. Were you a theater kid? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes. I was a professional theater kid. So I'm from the time I was in fourth grade, I did my first professional play where I got paid. The saddest play in the world is this thing you'd never heard of called All the Way Home. Okay. And it was based on a book by Tad Mose. Tad Mosell wrote the play. I forgot who wrote the book. But it was a book about called The Death in the Family. And it was a 1914 drama about this kid whose dad died and he has to deal with it. And this, it, so the play's about this little kid. But then he has these friends who are terrible to him. And I played one of the friends. And um, so I had this like smallish part. I'm in like three scenes taunting this kid whose dad died, you know. And that was my first professional play. I got paid a dollar a show, a silver dollar. They paid me a silver dollar. And this was not a school production. This no, was an this was this was like it was in Princeton, where I'm from. Yeah, McCarter Theater, which is a big regional theater, like very professional rich theater, and they get all New York actors because it's really easy to commute. Really, because the train ends right in front of the theater, so you can take the train from the city. So it's all New York actors, and we were these kids in this professional production. And did, were you like, oh my god, a dollar, or did you? Yo, no, I loved it. Saving this. No, I don't know what I did with those dollars. I would get an envelope of eight silver dollars oh, every single week. My. God. A white envelope of eight silver dollars. I was like, I got eight silver dollars. So did you think at that point and then going forward that like, this is it. I'm going to become an actor. Yeah, I never did yeah. anything else. And people ask me all the time, like, how'd you get into it? And I'm like, get into it. How do I get out of it? <laughs> <laughs> and were you in, uh, you went to theater school for. I went to theater camp. You went to theater camp. I went to Sage Drum Manor. Oh, yes. The big, famous one. Big theater camp. Yeah. Yeah. So that, So that's where I really learned, learned. It's like grad school for little kids. Because also this guy, Jack Romano, who's now dead, who was a famous sort of theater guru here in New York. He had a famous class that everyone took. And he would teach all the classes and he ran the camp. And he treated everyone, whether you're 11, 12, 13, 14, like you were a 35-year-old actor. And he yelled and screamed at you and threw chairs. and oh Famously, God. famously, like smoking constantly, throwing chairs at kids. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Cursing yeah. at kids constantly. Like, you were treated like you were a New York professional in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was not fucking around. <laughs> and how did you respond to that? I would crumple. He, well, he was really good at manipulating kids mentally, not in a bad way, but to get the best out of you. Certain kids would respond to praise. Certain kids respond to getting yelled at. And he would figure out which one you are. I mean, this is... So I ask this, too, because I feel like... A, I assume that a lot of people like this, educators mm-hmm. of whatever matter, mm-hmm. in our culture, in America, are gone. Because yeah. we don't have a world that supports that. That would seem as not throw a chair at abusive, anymore. unbelievably yes. abusive. It, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist. It doesn't anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. 
And there's also ways as a parent, like, I don't exactly, I think my son needs more praise than he needs criticism. I actually think he can't take it at all. But it's very hard for me to figure that out because I also have to do all kinds of things. Make meals and do it like I'm not just in the role of like... 100% 100% educator. That's the part of the problem again back to parenting is that like my wife and I deal with this all the time. Like we're doing so much administrative stuff with the kids. Like dealing with <laughs> yes. their like I gotta get on the phone to school. I gotta get on the phone with your Spanish class. I gotta get on the phone with these people. I gotta make lunches. I gotta take you to school. I gotta deal with all this. We don't have time to really be educators. We really don't. No. We don't have time. Like they're in piano class and the piano teacher's like they never practice. Like yeah they never practice. We don't have time to practice with them. We don't, we're dealing with so much other stuff with our careers and like making lunches or whatever, we don't have time to practice with them. It was just no time. And then, you know, your career, and I, I believe I'm right in saying your wife's career, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't, it's not like you can call in sick. You can't call in sick. You got to show up every day. Got to show up. So if there's a kid sick or something happens, what's the, who has to well, sacrifice? Well, we used to, we just got rid of our full-time nanny. Okay. I mean, I got rid of her. She decided she wasn't. She got. <laughs> she has a kid the same age, and she was like, "I have to take care of my." I have kid. to also deal with this. I have to this. parent. So we're like, we're going to do it ourselves now. So now we're spending less time on our careers and more time just dealing with the kids because yes. we don't have a nanny anymore. So, like yesterday, one of them was super sick and was throwing up all day, and we had to stay home. And we just one of the we're both kind of working from home. Yeah. So we kind of trade off, and then if we both have to leave, we. To hire someone. We, so have a, get someone. we have like a few people in the roster who show up and hang, hang, hang out with them. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's very, I had a moment where all those people in the roster, no yeah. one was available. That and happens it was, all the time. That happens I, all the time. And what do you do? In fact, we're having that problem with tomorrow <laughs> night. Um, we're both going to be out and we need someone and the three people I've called so far can't do it. So I got to f- keep going down the list. So there has been a time, and maybe this will happen to you too, where that kid sat in a green room. Oh, I, we haven't done that yet. But my wife always tells the story of her mother doing that because her mother was a, a anesthesiologist in a big hospital and she would take her to the hospital and just have the nurses taking care of her. It's like she'd leave her in like the nurse room. She talks about that a lot. Interesting. Yeah. From the friends I know with twins, including our producer mm. on the show has mm. twins. Mm. And she was saying that she has this memory of they were four months old, I believe, and she was at a grocery store, ran into a friend with 10-year-old twins and basically said to them, when does this become more manageable? And the person said, oh, like when they're four. And yeah. she like lost, lost her mind. It. Yeah. It's true, though. Four is when they become manageable. It's truly true. And then I two, remember- Two, three is- oh, oh, One, two, three is terrible. I saw you at a show- yeah. Just after the pandemic, whatever yeah. marker you want to give that, yeah. at Union Hall. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my God, you have a little baby twins yeah. at home. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> and you gave me this look, <laughs> this ghastly look yeah. of like, holy fuck. And mm-hmm. also, I believe um, you were saying that your mother was also older and you had an added task of Dealing like making her. sure she was okay. She was living in, she was still living in the city. She's not living in the city anymore. She's moved out back out to Jersey. Oh, okay. She's in like a bit of a home. Yeah. So that was like, not only dealing with twins that were, who were newborns, was like a giant learning curve. And then my mom was like losing her mind. So she was calling the cops every day. Because she had these, like, aides like living in her paranoid. house. Like, She had these, like, aides living. We had 24-hour people living in her house with her to help her out. And then she would be great with them, and then she'd turn on them. Be like, who are you? What are you doing in my house? Get out, get out of my house. Why are you here? So tough. I'm calling the cops. So the cops would show up every day. She'd call the cops. So the cops, thank God, in her neighborhood were so nice. I was going to say, they, they showed up? They were so good. They showed up every time, and they got to know her really well, and they got to the situation really well, and they would call me for several months. I had to... Go down there to 24th Street and deal all the time. 
So you're like little babies at home. And then I'm getting a cab. Trying to do a gig. Yeah. And then I'm getting a cab going down 24th Street, trying to deal with my mom and the cops. Now they're a little bit older. Are you, as, yeah. are you, I mean, you did a pretty good uh, Santa impression there. Would you say that you're a silly dad? Or are you, or I'm you, very much a silly dad. Who does the discipline? My mom. Uh, my mom. <laughs> you heard it right here. That you was the most perfect Freudian right My wife, here. who is their mom, who occasionally is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she is very much disciplinary to the point where they really listen to her. They do? They very much listen to her. Like, we were out at like a restaurant with one of their friends and their friend was acting out and getting on the table to like see how the food was being cooked. They were at a crepe place and they could see the crepes being cooked. So they stood on the table to watch the crepes being made. Oh, okay. Okay. This well, I was like, who is letting their child stand on a table? So the other friend does it and then our kid does it. And my wife's like, uh-uh-uh, you do not stand on a table. And she immediately got down and sat and sat down. And then the other mom was like, Oh no, you gotta get down too. And the kid's like, oh, I'm not getting getting down. And then we had to watch them have a fight over. Oh yeah. It, you know, until she finally got down. But it took it took a while. I'll say to my son, hey, can you do this? And he'll just go, No. What? They don't listen to me. <laughs> they listen to her. They listen to her, to be perfectly honest with you. She is really good at that. And that's the thing to me. Yeah. To me. I was like, get, out, get off the table. They're like, Are you even here? Who is this guy? Do I even know this person? Why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me? Yeah. I don't understand why this is happening. Yeah, they, I'm just fun dad. Okay. Do you, uh, I mean, this is such a classic question, so forgive me, but as someone who was in the theater world uh-huh. pretty early in your uh-huh. life, like, are you at all going like, they don't are, do it, do it, don't do um, it, do it. They are theatrical and they do like to perform. They, they've been acting out videos lately, like making up storylines to songs that they like. Our kids were, for a short period of time, obsessed with Bowie because we would play them certain Bowie songs and they loved it. So for their birthday, I hired a guy from Brooklyn to come and perform as David Bowie <gasps> in like the outfit. Yeah, everything. yeah. He Ziggy Stardust outfit? Sort of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He had a wig and like kind of a sparkly striped suit and the whole Perfect. thing. I never told him it wasn't him. <laughs> they very much believe David Bowie came and performed at their party. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. 
every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, here's some rapid fire. (laughs) You don't have to answer them rapid fire. Uh, What's the parenting task that you always try to get out of? Oh, seems like a list. I can't get out of any of them. (laughs) But that's a good question. I don't want to throw my wife under the bus. I could tell you all the ones she gets out. <laughs> right, just with the different schedules, right? Um, I'm not allowed to get out of any of them. Like anything that she wants to get out of, she will do it. Like here's the classic example. Okay. Yesterday, one is home, and the other one's at school. So I go drop off the one at school while my wife stays home and works. Right, and then it comes around to two o'clock, and one of them's got to one of us so has to early. go get the other one. Right. And she's like, and I was like, oh, why don't you just go get the one who's at school and I'll stay here. And she keeps saying, wait, so I don't understand. It's so, the communication's so bad here. What is going on? Like, who's going? I've told her four times, I think you should go. But she keeps bringing up, like, she doesn't know what's happening until I say, I'm going to go. <laughs> she goes, okay. That's a passive Ophira Eisenberg yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, I was right like, there. there's not a miscommunication. <laughs> you, you don't, don't want to hear the answer. And until I say, I'm going, it's not settled yet. <laughs> It's unsettled. I don't understand what's going on. Are you going? Am I going? I said you're going four times. Okay. I like it. Would you rather your twin daughters become stockbrokers or lion tamers? Lion tamers. So easy. That was quick. No capitalism here, baby. (laughs) They could be bankers. And I think they, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be happy or not happy. I have no idea. Did you ever dress them similar? By the way, all uh, for every day for years, <laughs> to the point where they we don't to the point where they were like three and a half and they started making their own decisions of what they wanted to wear. They will often wear the same thing on their own. I put on this matching to my background outfit this yes, morning. Yes, and I walked out of the bedroom and my son said, uh, "Why are you in show clothes?" Show clothes. Yes, because he considers this like a nicer out- outfit than oh, I, what I, I usually wear. He called it show clothes. They, because oh, this here's another thing I do. This is when I noticed they were really watching me because I didn't realize they were like clocking me and what I do and what mm-hmm. I say. And now maybe they were two. And when I go shopping, I often get shrimp, cooked shrimp, and I like to eat it as I put away 
Love this. It's a fun yes, snack because you're putting cocktail. the groceries away. I'm eating cooked shrimp as a little cocktail, right? Because like it's fun for me as I'm putting away all the stuff, right? So they hear me putting away the groceries and they come running into the kitchen laughing. <laughs> and I go, what's funny? And they go, are you eating shrimp? I know. <laughs> and I felt so caught. There was something because it was like a private moment I was having myself and they were laughing about it. And I felt I had to defend myself like, no, no, I'm not eating shrimp right now. And they're like, <laughs> and they ran away. And I was, and I felt, and I felt thing. so caught somehow. Like, because you're Jewish. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Like, it's not Trafe. Uh, Seth, you're the best. Oh, thank we're not, you. we're done. We're keep done. going, we'll keep going with the questions. Oh my God, we're done. <laughs> Uh, Seth, thank you so much. If you want more from Seth, and of course you do, you can go on Instagram. Yeah. He's at Seth, Seth Zog. Zog. Or on Insta. TikTok. TikTok, people. Yeah. Seth.herzog. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a blast. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast. If you know anyone who would love to take a listen to it, please tell them all about it. If you have a mom group, dad group, school group, library group, tell them to check it out. For updates and more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Parenting is a Joke. On X, we are Parenting Joke. Always makes me laugh to say that. Subscribe to our Substack. We have great new content every week, a fun little piece, personal essay, and jokes. Just go to Substack, search for Parenting is a Joke. If you are in New York City this Wednesday, January 31st, you can see me on a live show for a fellow iHeart podcast. It's AJ Jacobs, The Puzzler. So that's on Wednesday, January 31st. And this Saturday, I'll be performing at the Fairfield Comedy Club in Fairfield, Connecticut. You can follow me everywhere at Ophira E and find out more about all the details of my show at OphiraEisenberg.com. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our digital marketing is done by Laura Vogel. Our video editor is Melissa Weiss. Our overqualified intern is Jeffrey Kaufman. Thank you so much to all of the engineers at CityVox. And we'll leave you with a little bit more from Seth Herzog. Hey guys, <laughs> recording you guys saying, um, answering some questions, okay? What's your guys' favorite thing about living in New York City? Nothing! Ice cream! Ice cream! If you couldn't live here in New York, where would you want to live? Cape May. Same. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.